Hey everybody, you're listening to the High Sessions Hawaii Podcast, where we talk about everything local and beyond. I'm John Yamasato, your host. I'm joining me. <laughs> John Yamasato. John Yamasato. <laughs> it's been a long morning, man. It's been a long day. It's been a long what day. What a great start to the show. <laughs> Thank you, John. <laughs> <laughs> joining me today is Mr. Devin Nakoba. He's got that last name right. Yeah. Well, your name is a lot easier to say than mine. Yeah, you do. Uh, Kyle Shimabukuro should be uh, here next week. He's not even sick. No, he's not. But to be he's fine. precautionary, he's, just, yeah, yeah, he's not yeah. here. I mean, so. everybody's getting stupid COVID except for Kyle. It's, yeah. like he's living in a, it's like he's living in a hut somewhere. He's like, <laughs> yeah. yeah. All right. Okay. We won't spend too much time on that. <laughs> Our guest today is going to be Roy Sakuma. Yes. We're filming this a little out of order because Roy was on a time crunch. So we just got him in. Got the interview done. And then he stayed as long as he wanted to. Yeah, it didn't yeah. really matter. Yeah. I don't know why you even mentioned that point. It doesn't even matter. We can just... It's all right. But, but it, was, it, was, it was a nice one. And so now okay. we're doing it a little bit backwards. But he'll, he'll be in in a sec. Yes. Okay. Before we begin, let me remind the listeners of the ways they can stay in touch with the show. There's Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, all at High Sessions. You can go to SoundCloud, YouTube, and Apple Podcasts to download the podcast. And of course, you can email us, highsessions at yahoo.com. If you'd like to help the show get more music on the channel, please go to patreon.com and donate. You know, it's been a while since we've had a new Patreon. Yeah, um, yeah. So if uh, if you... If, <laughs> Hopefully we're not losing Patreon. No, we're not. We're not you know, what's funny is we're not losing Patreon. Okay, it's goodness. been consistent, thank, but thank we haven't been growing either. Thank you very much for to subscribe. We appreciate it. Yeah. So if you do enjoy what we do and you do want to help us out, you know, spread the word. Let um, other people know that they can uh, become a Patreon and, and help the show. And also don't forget to give us uh, five-star ratings, please. Oh, yeah. On, it's like, been a, Apple and all that. It's All been those. a while since we yeah, had yeah. that up. Because it would be nice to get one, even if you're lying. We don't care. We yeah. just want five-star reviews. <laughs> that is absolutely true. That is absolutely true. Yep. Okay. Uh, there you get more involved with the show and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Patreon.com. Mm-hmm. Uh, sponsors, Kupu Kupu Landscaping. You can go to kupukupulandscaping.com to get a free quote. quote. God, man. <laughs> You can call Kevin Yokomura, 808-722-8685 for a free estimate. I'll also send a shout-out to Kevin because he's been editing um, our highlights. So we have highlight oh. videos that come out now every week of just kind of like yeah, hits yeah. the main topics in three minutes. How does he have time to do that? I don't know, man. But he, but You're the man, Kevin. He likes to do, he said he likes to do video stuff. Okay. So, I'm like, oh, okay. so you can just give him all the videos. Go <laughs> can you edit the show? <laughs> So please support Kevin and the gang over at Koopa Koopa Landscaping if you can. Fort Ruger Market, I had the Rugerlicious uh, Poke Bowl again yep. today. And they wanted to let me know that you know that this weekend they'll be at the Endless Summer Festival Waikiki oh. Block Party. Okay. I believe that's on Saturday. I should, okay. I, should, I should really look it up. But they'll be there 4 to 10 p.m. And they'll be doing all of their regular stuff, Ooh. including Rugerlicious Poke. Nice. So if you're going out to Waikiki this weekend, you're going to be hanging out at the block party. It's going to be a big deal. They're closing down Kalakaua for it this weekend. Hey, you might want to like, get some pork santes too. The guisantes is really good. Yeah. <laughs> Just De- Devin likes the pork santes. Yeah. Pork and peas, baby. Good stuff. Yeah. So they'll be there. Um, Board Ruger Market. Check them out. Tell them that we sent you. Okay. 
can go to Kumu ninety four point seven to find Devin. To what? Kumu ninety four point seven to find Devin. How about ninety four seven Kumu? Ninety four seven. Yeah, yeah. Kumu. There okay. we go. Okay. Dude, you gotta write. Th- What's going on? I don't know. I, it's, 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 I, I don't know. <laughs> can I talk about my stuff after you're done? Cause yeah. this intro is taking forever. Highlifeclothing.com to okay. find Kyle. Locationshawaii.com to find me. Yes. All right. What, what's up with you, Dan? Um. Okay. So, uh, once upon one time, uh, has Ooh, opened yeah. at. Right. Uh, okay. It's for Manoa Valley Theater, but we are doing this show at Kaimuki High School Theater. Mm. Um. You can buy your tickets at ManoaValleyTheater.com. Um. We are going to run actually this week and next week. So until the seventeenth, we run Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. Saturday. Uh, Saturday and Sunday we have matinees. Uh, at three o'clock and then Saturday is also so Saturday is a two-show day uh, but the tickets are going really really fast uh, they just added the extension so you are getting this information from the before a lot of other people so if you can come see the show it's really really good uh, and I'm not just saying that because I'm in it uh, it's it's funny his daughter enjoyed it my, my daughter's daughter, in it so my daughter went to see it she enjoyed it a lot yeah. Let me know she enjoyed it, which is very unusual. I think Uncle, so I think Uncle Devin got a little cooler in her eyes, too, because she was like, oh, Uncle yeah. Devin was in the show. You did. Yeah. You did. So that was that was nice. That was really nice. And uh, if, if we can get more people to, to come on and check it out, um, support local theater and stuff, that'd be, that'd be really nice. Awesome. Um, what else is happening? Uh, oh, oh, I should say, because this will not come out, we, we talked about this a little bit on the podcast, yeah. but join us. Next week, Wednesday, Pure Heart will be mm. playing at the Waikiki Zoo, Honolulu Zoo. Um, that will be, I think, at for five the wildest show in town. For the wildest show in town, yeah. uh, it'll be a fun time. It's a good family experience. You can go to the zoo, come bring a blanket, lay out on the grass, and enjoy some local music. <laughs> lay out on the grass. Yeah. <laughs> That's what it's all about, man. Oh, and uh, by the way, uh, Roy Sakuma's students will be there as well. There'll be 150 students playing ukuleles at the same time. We're going to do a 153-person jam session. Wow. That's going to be, be awesome. Amazing. So uh, do we get to Roy now? Yep. So Even without further ado, gave it away that- so here comes Mr. Roy Sakuma. Okay, we are here with Mr. Roy Sakuma, Roy, thank Whoa. you so much for being there. I feel like this is a good get. Yeah, uh, definitely. Thank yeah. you. Honored to be here. Well, <laughs> thank thanks, you. man. I, we've known each other for a long time. I went through the Roy Sakuma education on playing the ukulele. So, oh, really? Yeah, man. I was a well. I was never a super kid. I didn't even know what <laughs> he wasn't that good. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, I didn't even know what it entailed to become a super kid. What? Well, how do you how do you become a super kid? Actually, these were uh, just young students that you could see they had a passion, yeah. and based on that, um, you know, I would, I would, my wife and I would take them under our wing and try to work with them. And when the kids are young and they have a passion, it's very easy to develop them and to get them excited mm. and to learn. So that's how all it was. Yeah. Mm. Okay. Yeah. I, I wasn't there long enough because, um, yeah, I, I'd already been playing with Jake, uh-huh. so he was kind of giving me pointers as to how to play at that point, and so. We ended up doing our thing, you know. Wait, but so you tried to be you learned Roy Sakuma stuff when you were like in high school? Yeah. Oh. Yeah, I didn't start playing ukulele till I was about thirteen. Oh wow. And okay. then and then uh, you know I just wanted to learn more, you know. Uh-huh. But the great thing about uh, so, so sorry, this is like I said, this is free form. We right. just talk about anything. Yeah, <laughs> sure, go ahead. But the great thing about how Sakuma Studios teach is they teach you how to um, play melody and chording at the same time. 
So, you know, well, they'll teach you anything, but <laughs> I think the basic stuff that they teach you is how to play, you know, so it's, you can play the strum, right? You can play picking Kay. melody, but then they teach you this uh, way of playing melody plus the strum, you know? And mm. it's, yeah, so I don't think, because I, I don't think people know what that is. Like if you're not a ukulele player or if you haven't, yeah. So what is, how would you, to so someone who's a lay person who's watching this or listening to this and going, okay, I don't know what he's talking about. How, yeah, how do you explain? Well, like, um, or should I, we so have I, Roy explain it? <laughs> Sorry. Should we have you explain it? Or well, I mean, I, mean I don't know if it's like a, if it's a secret thing. No. That, you know. It, the, the whole concept behind this was that, you know, when you chord, mm -hmm. if, if you're playing the melody, then imagine that you're like a vocalist. So okay. you're singing the melody. Okay. But then when you chord, uh, it's like that's the. It's almost like you're having a a, a, a band or rhythm section behind you, mm -hmm. and then when you strum, you're just adding the the rhythm in between when the singer, for instance, is sustaining a note. Okay. Like, a love, you know, is a mini splint. As if they're singing that and they hold love, then you hit the chord and you strum. So you're you're kind of flowing. You're keeping the huh. melody moving. So it's it's a little more challenging, but it's the way that I really wanted to teach. So mm -hmm. is this something that you uh, that you discovered early on in your playing? Because when did you pick up the ukulele? Actually, um, it was a song on the radio in 1963 called Sushi. Now that was a song recorded by Otasan, ah. and um, that song um, I, I never listened to the radio. I was always outside playing sports. But when I heard that song on the radio, I was glued to the radio every time I heard it. And I would just sit there and listen to this beautiful uh, rendition of Sushi on the ukulele. And uh, one day, thankfully, my friend said, hey, Ota-san is giving lessons. I was already 16. Mm. Okay. And I went to ask him to teach me, and he said, okay. And I had a passion. So it, I think 18 months later, he said, Roy, I've taught you everything I know. You've learned more. You In know. 18 months? Well, he's, what he's told me was that you've learned in 18 months what it took me five years to develop. You know, you go on your wow. own now. And, well, see, what helped me is I had a photographic memory. Okay. Oh. So once I play a song, uh, you know, I mean, really honestly, if I played a song one time from a, from a piano sheet, I think I have the song like 90% memorized already. Wow. Yeah. And so I, when I went on my own, uh, th that's how I got involved with the ukulele. And by the way, Sushi, at that time, 1963, was the number one song in Hawaii. No kidding. On Tom Mark's really? show. Uh, we should can, can we get him a ukulele so he can play the song? <laughs> oh. I've never heard he, that he song have before. <laughs> I would have to play it. I don't even know Sushi. But, you know, I should send I've you, never I heard that song. I should send you the... Um, we have an ukulele right there. Oh, well, I could... Uh, Okay, I'll send right. it to you. Because uh, <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm, uh, just to warn you, I mean, you are you are, uh, you know, in the Hall of Fame with regards to ukulele stuff. So we might get in trouble, and we apologize in advance. But we're, we're trying to get him to play, but he's so <laughs> humble that he won't actually. He's like, nah, nah. And we're like, oh. <laughs> well, and, I, I, and I told him it'd be it'd be a cruise interview, like he could relax and just. That, that's oh. Yeah. So I'm okay. Relaxed. Okay. Uh, and, it's, and I just told him we came from a TV interview, and I said that was so hilarious, you know. Yeah. But so you uh, you learned this song, you learned, I guess, five years of Ota-san's teachings in 18 months, and then you strike out on your own, and 
At when, first, you wanted to be a performer, right? Yeah, I, I wanted to be a performer. My goal in life was to beat him, was to be ah. better. Than oh, okay, okay. And I would practice, you know, eight, ten hours a day. Wow. You know, because I wasn't going to school. Um, okay, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I got, uh, I got, I was told to leave school. <laughs> I was a ninth grader in an intermediate school. The principal said, "You're out." But the <laughs> following year, um, they wouldn't accept me, so they they sent me to high school. Really? Yeah, oh. and what happened is uh, one day the principal called me in the office and he says, Roy, and I'll never forget this. He said, Roy, one of us has to go, and it's not me. <laughs> <laughs> and that was it. I think were, you, were you just a troublemaker kid? Or? I was a rascal. Really? Yeah, not going to school, you know, walking out. You know, I, I just was a lost kid. But I think all those experiences of... Um, you know, running, getting into these minor skirmishes, not fighting, mm. but just doing things rascally. It kind of um, taught me later on in life how to live my life mm. the right way. Yeah. So, so the ukulele itself kind of turned you around? Yeah, because, case? you know, by staying home and practicing 8 to 10 hours a day, yeah. it prevented me from going out with my friends who normally always get in trouble. Mm. Uh-huh. And so that was a saving grace. Wow, no kidding. Yeah. It's I find that hard to believe considering you're like the sweetest guy. <laughs> I know like, the nicest person ever. You know? I and I I I I I give a lot of credit to my wife uh-huh. who um stuck by me. Mm. You know. You guys there, met that early on? No, but um I, this, this is a personal story. I mean I can try to share it really quickly. Of course. I, I never I, I, I never knew what love was. But in my 20s, I met this girl, and I, I shyly dated her and kept on dating her like every other month for about two year and a half. And I, I finally felt that this is love. So I asked her if she would marry me, and she said yes. And I went home so happy. But the next morning, I had tears in my eyes, and I knew I had to let her go. So we went out that night, and I told her to please leave me, to to find someone that can really take care of you. Because in order to convince her that it's not her, I shared every single secret and shame and anything that was blocked in my life, and I shared it with her, probably over a hundred things, just letting her know why I was not good enough for her. Mm. And the only reason I could do this is because I loved her so much. My, her happiness meant all the world to me, even if it meant me not being with her. Uh-huh. Wow. And when I finished tell, tell, telling her everything, I took a couple times out. On, she told me the first thing, and I never forget she said this. She said, I never saw it as your weaknesses. I see it as your strengths. She wanted to stay with me and help me through all my struggles. Well, little did I realize when I shared with her every one of my secrets, over a period of a little while, it all left. Mm. It just left. And I have the memories of all the struggles I went through, but it doesn't bind me or or block me from trying to reach out and being good to others. Mm. Wow. Okay, so you've been married how long now then? 46 years. Yeah. 46 yeah. years. Wow. 
See, all it takes is a good so, woman. <laughs> yeah, that, that's true. She, she's, she's, a, she's, a, she's a rock of Gibraltar for me. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Which is, I, I, I find it fascinating that you're like, wow, we did it like once a month for a year. I was like, once a month? Wow. That's no a, no that's internet amazing. back then. I don't know internet, so you just had to go to her house and be like, hi, can we, <laughs> can we go out? That's so neat. Well, thank you. Yeah. Wow. So, so, so man, I didn't I didn't know this side of you and uh, the troubled youth yeah. um, um, if 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 I if I shared you everything um, I, 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 everybody tells me the same thing when I speak to uh, mental health conferences or when I speak to doctors or whoever I speak to they say you know they, they could never believe that I could have gone through all that they said I should have been a bad person uh-huh. but I'm thankfully I, you know, went the righteous path, yeah. you know. But a, a clear conscience is uh, worth a lot, isn't it? A clear conscience, yes. And, and see, because memories is, is one thing, right? But if the memories does not bottle you up, then it's, it's fine because I can use those memories, which I've done for since 2008 uh, until the pandemic hit. I was speaking in schools. I was speaking in school. I was, I was even helping the FBI for about five years. Mm. Oh. And they actually surprised me one year, and they, they flew me to Washington, D.C. to receive an award from the FBI director at that time for helping them um, help children prone to drugs or gangs or quitting school to stay in school. Mm. And um, it was successful. So... Um, you know, those things I'm very thankful for. So I love teaching ukulele. My wife and I love it. We love working with children. But uh, there's a side of me that wants to help all the kids that are struggling today. Mm. Mm-hmm. Well, because yeah. that's where you came from, That's right? where I came so, from, yes. Yeah, of course. Yes. Mm-hmm. So when did you decide, I want to go the teaching route versus well, the performing route? That's that's really interesting because while I was trying to be the best ukulele player in the world, uh, one thing I've got to tell you this, though. The better I got on the ukulele, the more I realized how great Otasan was. So I wasn't, I wasn't getting closer. I was going farther and farther away. So one day he calls me up and says, Roy, do um, you want to come and help me? I'm starting a Saturday class with adults. Just come and tune the ukuleles for me. I says, okay. And now I was like 19. So I go over there, tune the ukuleles, and I watch him teach the first lesson about, oh, it was about 15, 20 adults. Then after the lesson, he tells me, oh, Roy, by the way, I'm going to Japan. So for the next two weeks, teach my class. And I go, what? I don't know how to teach. I don't know. He says, do what I do. And I don't so I went home, and I'll never forget, I, I practiced how I practiced the ukulele for hours and hours every day. I would talk to the walls, to the curtain, anywhere, down the mirror, and just talk and think of every question that these adults are going to ask me. And the words would come stumbling out. But you know what's interesting? When I walked in front of those adults the following Saturday to teach, it came out so natural. Mm-hmm. And after two weeks, Ota-san came back and he said, how do you like it? I said, I loved it. Mm-hmm. And he said, would you like to teach my students? And I said, yes. And that's how I got into teaching, Ota-san. So I'm wow, very he's, thankful. Yeah, uh, he's just yeah. been a catalyst for a lot of things. Yes, for you, huh? yes. Now let me ask this kind of an insider question. 
Did he say again a lot when he taught? Again? <laughs> yeah. Because I've, I've done workshops with, with the son, Junior. <laughs> and all I hear from coming from his class is, again. <laughs> again. Again. I'm like, what his dad taught like that? I think he'll, he'll, tell me, he'll say something. What are you doing? <laughs> yeah, that sounds like him. <laughs> you know, so. Well, if I can ask, what what was it that you realized that Otasan was doing different? Is it was it is it a phrasing that he does? Is it the his uh, his ability to play? Because it seems like you know the notes are the same, but is it a feel thing? And, and interesting, you asked that question because back in the sixties uh, and seventies, other ukulele builds. Oh, that's easy. He's just picking. He's just picking. Mm-hmm. But people don't realize it. And um, I, I, if you asked me back then, I couldn't explain it. Mm. But as he started recording songs, because uh, he had a lot of CDs out, yeah. I would listen to yeah. the CDs and write out his music. Mm-hmm. That's when I saw, wow, what a genius he was. Mm. Because you know how you, you play notes and you, you, know, you sing? Mm-hmm. Well, he was actually playing the melody and you think the melody is right here, right? You mm-hmm. know, ba ba ding ba dum. But he was playing the the lead note on the fourth sixteenth of the beat, mm-hmm. and then on the very next one sixteenth on the first beat, he's coming down with the strum. Hmm. And yeah, I, you cannot. I couldn't hear it, and I think most people won't until I started to write his music. And I looked at it and I said, oh my gosh. He, he told me something and then it took me years to understand and develop. And he told me, when you play, two things he told me. Number one, always respect the writer. Number two, play with your heart. I said, how do you play with your heart? <laughs> and it took me about 20 years to figure it out. Now I understood. So if I were to play something, it would never be the same mm-hmm. because I'm playing with my heart. Mm-hmm. The melody is flowing somewhere else or notes are added somewhere else. And it's just so free. Like when I was practicing back in those young days, if I practiced and played for you sushi, I would play it exactly the same, note for note, 50 times. Exactly. Mm-hmm. But when I got to this part of the heart, it's never the same. Because I'm just playing, you know. Yeah, you're feeding and, and your I, way through the and song. I'm, I'm playing of, exactly what I'm singing. If I go, yeah. it's just so I, I learn how to play what I'm hearing mm. rather than play what I'm memorizing. Oh, interesting. And, and that takes a lot of practice. Yeah. Wow. No, so, you know. I know, yeah, no, because <laughs> I mean, there's, you know, with this channel, the High Session Channel, we have a lot of instrumentalists come here. You know, and a lot of them can play really well. They've got their notes down, but you know, you can tell that they're still playing like somebody else, or they're trying. They, they've rehearsed this thing. It's not just coming out of them, you know. Yes. And uh, that's the magic when it's just coming out of the person. That's right, and that's when um, that's what Otasan does. He plays with his heart, and and that's why his music is. Um, it sounds so simple, like you say. Mm-hmm. But it's so, it's hard. It's it's so difficult to copy. Mm. Well, even his, even Junior. You yes. know, I always tell people because see, like, uh, 
when you compare Junior to Jake, you know, Jake is very uh, animated when he plays. So you feel like it's difficult or, you know, whatever, because you can see it on his face. He's very, <laughs> you know, it's, but Junior sits there, he plays, and even I'm sitting two feet away from him. To me, it looks easy, you know, but I've, I've gone and tried to pick up the ukulele and play his stuff. What he's doing is not, not easy. Oh, no, it's not easy. It's at just all. Herb is like, you, you don't, you're never going to see Herb jumping around or like, no. even, even, <laughs> that would be even weird. like, just, if Herb was jumping around, yeah. I'd be like, dude, you like, what's okay? wrong with you? <laughs> I don't know what happened. <laughs> <laughs> you feeling all right, man? You got something in your pants? What's yeah, going yeah, yeah. yeah. But That's true. Yeah, he's, exp- you know, he doesn't have the expression, but if you, <laughs> technically, when you, when you try to, to imitate. imitate what he's yeah. doing it is not easy it is not, not easy, easy because i've written you know because we produced ukulele romance and ukulele dream the yeah, album that's right, that's right. so um i would write out a lot of his songs and i would write it note for note mm-hmm. uh, the way i write music it wasn't tablature and so um he has a uh, herb jr has really established himself with his own way of playing mm-hmm. and it's it's a it's a very wonderful wonderful method so you know he, he's um, he's following in the footsteps of his dad in a different route, mm-hmm. you know. But the the dad comes from a time and uh, uh, you know the dad comes from the nineteen forties fifties that era. That era had a lot of the most beautiful songs. Mm-hmm. The, we call it the standards, with all these beautiful chord changes, chord progressions. Now when you listen to a song. Anything goes with the chord changes, right? Yeah. But yeah. before, there was a really set method of how chords mm-hmm. move from one chord to another. And so Otasan, I remember he used to play at the Hyatt. I used to go watch him play. The tourists would raise their hand and say any kind of songs. He rarely did not know the song. Wow, really? So, He's like the yeah. Paul Schaefer of... Uh, <laughs> of uh, <laughs> you know what's, what's crazy is this weekend... So I have an iPod. I still have an iPod. They don't make them anymore. But I had it in my car, driving with my son and 16 tons. I have that oh, song yeah, on my yeah. iPod because I downloaded all my parents' stuff. And I used to listen to that. I used to listen to all their oldies, you know, back in the days, it was oldies but goodies, right? Yeah. And so I'm listening, 16 tons, what do you get? You know, and I told Asa, I'm like, guess how old this song is? It's like, I don't know, 30 years old? And so I had to think about it. I'm like, I think this came out in 55. It came out in 1953. Uh, okay. It's 67 yeah. years old now. Yeah, it's an old song. Man. I mean, just think <clears throat> in three years, it's going to be a 70-year-old song. But I listened to that when I was little. It doesn't feel mm. like it was that long ago. But we're, we're getting getting to the cent- century mark on these yeah. some of these songs. I mean, no, good music is good music. Yeah, you, good music yeah. Yeah. will live through time. Yeah, yeah. for sure. Yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. we got such disposable stuff now. Just saying, <laughs> just saying. Um, one other thing I wanted to ask you, like, when did you? Uh, so, when you started teaching, the the specific method that you have, did it? Ev- how much time did it take to evolve to what you teach now? Well, when I first started teaching, everything I taught through was how Otasan taught me okay. was through musical scores. Oh. Like you would buy the music sheets, mm-hmm. and then you would teach the ch- child to play. Say, for instance. Uh, love is a many splendid thing or smoke gets in your eyes and they would have to follow that sheet Mm -hmm. and you take a song like classical gas for instance that's really hard Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm -hmm. and I I, it was after maybe two three four years of teaching I ran into a blockage 
where when the songs became hard or the rhythms became very syncopated or something, the, the students had a really hard time playing. There had to be an easier way. And that's when I came out with these notes that's using right. the alphabet system. Yeah. Now, what people didn't realize, and I, I think you may realize this today, but I used a manual typewriter. Again, because I, I grew up with a, um, the only thing I have is a mathematical brain, <laughs> <laughs> that I was able to use a manual typewriter and actually using a manual typewriter, I could type out something on a paper and then you play the musical score okay. on the piano. Okay. And my instructor will now look at that and play. They will be in perfect unison, uh, not just melody, in rhythm. Oh, wow. Would be perfect. Hmm. You know, it, 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 it all made sense to me. And Jake sometimes talks about it, you know. Hmm. He says, you know, and because it, it was easy, not easy, but over a period of time, I was able to do And that's why today I still use this method because it's user-friendly. Mm -hmm. yeah. And um, even when we teach, uh, I remember teaching so many um, music teachers. And after a couple of lessons, you know, they had the option of staying with my method or going with how they learned in college to the, music, to the mm -hmm. note system. I would say 99% chose our method wow. because they found out how easy they could learn a song. So, yeah. uh, sorry for uh, for people who are non musicians, which is me pretty yeah. much. Because I, I mean, I we we all learn I we all learn ukulele when we're in elementary <laughs> school, and that's yep. pretty much where I've stuck. When when you say that you you write it out as like a b, how how exactly? You know, when, when I'm so, looking at yeah, a, me, when I'm looking at a song, I mean, what does that look so like? So let me explain. Sorry, I know it's visual, but I think everybody is somewhat familiar with the, your normal musical tablature, right? You have yeah. the treble clef and the bass clef, and right. you have notes, and notes F -A -C -E going up and down, yeah, and all cars yeah. gas, yeah. and all that kind of stuff, right? So that's what Roy started with, and okay. with how he was taught. Okay. So he can he can read that and he can write that and all right. that stuff, but for the ukulele. Because of the, you know, you don't have as many octaves of, of notes, right? Mm -hmm. So he developed a system where, you know, you have the, the lyrics mm -hmm. or, or the music, and then above that you have these notations. Oh, the G and the A7 yeah. or the... And then, so, for example, I think lowercase... Lowercase, is I, low? I, would, I would put a, a, a underline under the, under the note, you yeah. know? Mm -hmm. If you're playing with a low G on the top string. Okay. And then um, all the notes on the A string are all capitalized. So, oh. it dif so if you see a, a small E, uh -huh. you're not going to play it on the seventh fret on a high E. You're going to play, play an open E. Open e, e. e. Yeah. Right. And, oh. and so once you understand that, that's how we can get five-year-olds to play and they can learn so well, mm. you know. Man. So, so yeah, so, so you just look at, cool yeah, you, you, you just look at the paper and <laughs> you know what, uh, you know, and the, the brilliance of it all is that they, they typically start you on a song that's somewhat familiar that you kind of know, mm -hmm. and you just follow along and you're just hitting the, the, the notes in these kids, A, A, B, C, D, E, okay, and then, okay. but depending on if it's capital or lowercase, you're hitting it on different spots in the ukulele, but, you know, it, it's, so easy, so easy to, to follow. Mm. I mean, and, it, and, 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 and what the important thing about all of this, and then this is something my wife and I have trained every instructor, is the position of the left hand. Because generally speaking, when I do workshops all over, I would say 95% of the people that I'm looking at, whether it's 100, 200, 300 people, there is something 
that is not in position with the ukulele and their hands. Mm, okay. So that, that's one of the things that I correct. And when you correct that, it makes it so much easier to, uh, you know, oh, he's going to play very no, no, good. No, 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 I'm not going to play. I just, I'm oh, hey, Devin, why you up? Grab the remote and let's turn the TV oh, back on. Okay. Go, go, I'm sorry. Right, please continue. Okay, so so basically, um, it's 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 the position of your um, left hand on the fingerboard because it's it's different from a guitar. Mm -hmm. yeah. I can I can normally tell people that are playing the ukulele that play the guitar. Oh mm. really? Oh yes, yeah, mm -hmm. yeah, yeah. Be because people that play the guitar normally have their thumb over. Okay. Normally. Yeah. Oh. The ukulele, you should keep your thumb behind. Yeah. Like, like if I was playing the ukulele, um, I play, and you, you probably never see my thumb come over. Mm. It'll always be sliding like this. Sliding. Is that just because this, this is hitting how, the... Yeah, but look, look, I can play from the first to the seventh fret without moving my thumb, which oh. means I can play faster and more efficient than if you play like this. Oh. See? That is one of the things that I, I was able to perfect. So, you know, I can go da 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 But you know what? I'm playing a chord on every one of those notes. Huh. Yeah. Because I'm doing this and not moving my whole So, hand. So for the people who aren't watching the video, so basically what Roy is saying is he has his thumb right behind the neck. Yeah. Rather than grabbing the whole neck so that you have the neck in the... I'm all self-conscious now, even holding the ukulele. <laughs> <laughs> Devin would have picked up a ukulele. I picked up the ukulele and I'm like, what am I doing? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm well, supposed to be holding this thing. Actually, you know, for those who are listening, uh, when does this come out, by the way? Uh, probably tomorrow, tomorrow night. Oh, well, guess uh, this coming Sunday, July 10th, um, we are giving a free workshop. Oh, really? Where? Uh, it's on the ukulelefestivalhawaii.org. I don't know what you call it. Okay. Website or something. I don't know how to. I don't know. <laughs> I left my pen and I'm going to email it to myself. Kama Hopkins will be there. Oh. Lauren oh, okay. Baba, who sings pop music. Yeah. And you know Lauren. Yeah. Herbal to Junior. And I will give a, uh, I will teach a song. Actually, I'm going to teach a song, a song I wrote called Ukulele Concerto. And then oh. if time permits, I'm going to teach a song called, um, uh, there will be a tomorrow where it's all chords. The whole song melody, you're going to have to hold chords. But that's more for advanced people. Mm -hmm. So you, you have a packet you have to you know download. But being this is our celebration for Ukulele Festival Way, everything is free. So you can download the packet uh, for free, and you can take the entire workshop at no cost. Oh, that's amazing. Well, yeah. well let's, let's talk about that, because that's actually the reason why I thought It'd be great to have you on at this time because on July thirteenth, uh, July tenth is the um, workshop. Workshops, but it's seventeenth. Oh, seventeenth. Sorry, seventeenth. Is yeah. It's the festival. Yes. We're doing it all online this year. Yes. Yes. Oh, okay. Okay. So, give us a little history about the ukulele festival, just in general. Like, what made you? I mean, I guess it, it is a, a logical extension of the recital, mm. right? Well, actually, it started. In nine, uh, 1970, I was a groundskeeper at Kapilani Park because now remember, I have no education. So um, I got in as a groundskeeper. And during lunch, I would sit down at the bandstand and 
I, I would have this dream of putting on an ukulele festival because I was already, I, I, I was teaching just a few students at Otasan Studio. Mm-hmm. And I wanted to show the people of Hawaii that the ukulele was a musical instrument. Was not just to play background, right? You know, and 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 then, and then, during that time, the ukulele was really put aside, mm. because in the late sixties and seventies, the guitar was so huge because of the Beach Boys, the Rolling Stones, the Beatles, mm. all these groups played guitar. So I started the festival to bring awareness to this musical instrument, so people of Hawaii could appreciate the sound of it. And then I then I had this idea of. Why not feature children? Why not let children perform? They're amateurs, and um, and I can remember asking all these entertainers, Eddie Kamai, Otasan, Danny Kalikini, if they will come. Mm-hmm. But let the children be the stars. Mm-hmm. And you know, and I said I couldn't pay them. Right, right, right. And so for 52 years, we've been doing the ukulele festival. It's been free to the public. All the entertainers have donated. Their time, God bless all the entertainers, wow. <laughs> and they would they would only play like two or three songs. Right, right. right. They mm-hmm. would always give the stage back to the amateur groups that come from around the world or kids on stage that we were teaching to play, and and anyone from from around the world could come and play. All you know when they email, they says, "Can we can we bring our group? There's 21 of us, and we're, we'll gladly send a video." We we never ask for video because. Oh. As long as we felt the heart that they love the ukulele, my wife said, "Let's invite them." So, sight unseen, they would come. Wow! Wow! That's amazing. Because it was the joy of the. And some of these groups were like all elderly ladies. They would go on stage. They would have the biggest smile. <laughs> you are my sunshine. <laughs> <laughs> But it was great. That's yeah. what the ukulele festival was all about. Mm. Yeah, yeah. I remember uh, pre-pandemic. It was uh, yeah. You you'd have people from like Europe and Japan. Japan of always Japan, yeah. Sweden, Sweden, Israel. Mm-hmm. We had a group from Israel. Children, half Arabs, half Jews. Wow. wow. And and they were coming together to play music on the ukulele to show the world that Arabs and Jews can live together in harmony. Oh, It was cool. so. Beautiful having them there that year was so touching. Was mm. so touching. Oh. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I know that uh, this upcoming what is is supposedly the last festival. Yes. Um, mm-hmm. And so anything is special in store? I know we got. Uh, I know Jake is going to be there again, and uh, we have a. Good well, we we have Jake's going to be there. We have uh, Nelly Ai Kamau, and we have uh, Paula Funga. We have uh, wow. let's see who else. Yeah, I think I said Nui, right? Nui, mm-hmm. and we have. Um, it's all. Herbota Junior and John yeah, will be yeah, there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, well, that's what and it was. Danny Kalikini, like okay, yeah, Ota San <laughs> will be there. So it, it'll be great. It it it, it it's going to be great. And again, that's happening on Sunday, July seventeenth at seven o'clock at night on KHNL TV. But you can also go and see it on our. What do you call that on our? On the website, yeah, website. Yeah, 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 yeah. okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's it's always been it's one of the things I look forward to every year. I've been fortunate. Mm-hmm. I'd say I've been at the last at least ten. I believe so. Yes, yeah. wow. like because yes. e- I'm either there with Herb or with Pure Heart or something right, like that. Right. So mm. one of the two, I get 
I get called. So it, it's always a nice. It, it's one of these things like it's a tradition, you know. Every every yes. year, every summer, you go down and you sit at the bandstand, listen to ukulele music, and and all that. Okay, inquiry might as well know though. What? Why is it ending after this year? Well, my wife mentions this that. Um, you know, my dream has come true. My dream was to see the ukulele go around the world. Mm-hmm. And now there are ukulele festivals all over the world. Mm-hmm. And, you know, after 52 years, there's a time to start, there's a time to end. It's not really the end, you know, because though we are putting on our last ukulele festival, I'm sure there are many, many more people out there uh, in the community that will someday put on their ukulele mm-hmm. festival. It may not follow the same trend of ours, but that's the beauty of it. You know, everyone will create their own excitement, their own way of putting it on. Mm-hmm. Ours, we always wanted it to be free. We, we were even um, approached about 30 years ago to put the ukulele festival in Waikiki Shell. Mm. And, and they would charge admission and we would make money. Mm. And my wife and I um, graciously turned it down because it wasn't about making money, it was about spreading the joy of the ukulele and let anyone come to the event mm-hmm. without having to pay. That's so unusual. <laughs> <laughs> Nowadays, the, the idea, to, I mean, that's why I think for, for me, it's, it's kind of a bummer if it's the last one, just because it's one of the first, one of the only, I think, leftover pure events, mm. uh, you know, for appreciation of not just ukulele, but people who play ukulele. Well, yeah. even those that didn't play, like yeah. we had, um, uh, for instance, uh, James Ingram, who was, right. That's right. Who was That's a right. Grammy Award singer. And he came after we, we met by chance at the track field of University of White, started talking. Uh, eventually, we went out to dinner. And then during that time, he asked me, what, what do you do, Roy? <laughs> and then in the process of sharing what I was doing, he's, he said, I'm coming. Oh, wow. And he came and he said, you don't have to pay me. What really? He came, he, and then he, he has was come. always a, f- a great, yeah, addition yeah. to that that show. And he's, he's that. six times he came. Yeah. No kidding. And Iz came, you know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and Iz called me up when he said, "Roy, when are you going to invite me?" And ah. I, said, <laughs> I said, "Iz, I've been calling every year." He says, "No way!" I said, "Yes." So he said, "I'm coming." Oh, I said, wow. "Okay," and he came and. He sang his song. What's that song? Uh, Somewhere over the rainbow. Yeah, and we had all the people from around the world and our, our students of ours accompany him. Wow, that that was great. Now, see, those are special moments that we have. That we had uh, Willie K. Willie K. Oh, yeah. Willie yeah, K. Came. Been, yep. He came when he first became a hit in Hawaii, mm-hmm. and then years later he came back again, right? Yep. And he told me, Roy, I'll come every year. Every year I'll be here. Same thing with Mokiale. Mokiale, I remember him telling me, Roy, don't ask me anymore. Just <laughs> give me just give me the date. I'll be there. Wow. And he came. At Moking every year. You know, it, it's so much special moments that all these entertainers gave of their time. They wanted to do it because like you say, and hopefully that was the, the, we, we were doing it for the right reasons. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Definitely, yeah. yeah. We're doing and, it. and people, I think, and anyone who's spoken to you about uh, what you do and why you're doing what you're doing would get that feeling from you immediately. Yeah. You know, and so you just 
kind of go, how can I how can I ask for money from a guy who's doing all this stuff <laughs> yeah. for like fifty two years and just doing it out for of the community, absurd. right? Yeah, right, just right. for the community and for the for the love of the instrument. So that's really cool, man. Well, and I think just in general, the people who enjoy playing the ukulele and yeah. like the ukulele tend to be people that are you know good-natured and happy and then uh, you know giving and stuff and, but that's true see the ukulele actually brings joy to your life and my wife has a really great thing that she said years ago and i never forgot she said do you know when you hold an ukulele you, you hold it in your arms like this you don't squeeze it you hold it very gently like you hold a baby mm-hmm. you know and then when you strum and you hit the chord you notice that this, the, the music is coming right from your heart. Mm-hmm. What, what a beautiful thing she, she saw, you know? And never forgot that. And, and it's true that um, I, I've, I've known so many students over the years that told me that when they're down, they're, they're you know, kind of like a little frustrated from schoolwork, and they, say, they, say, they would say, Uncle Roy, you were right. I says, what? You said to pick up the ukulele and just go and play a little while, and it kind of lifts you up. Mm-hmm. You know, just lifts mm-hmm. you up. You know, not to study, just play and enjoy the sound of the instrument. And I'm sure you folks know that. And I'm spe- I know John knows this. That you know, a lot of times that can be your, your really your closest buddy. Just mm-hmm. pick up that ukulele or guitar and play. I used to do like, um, be like, okay, I gotta read this book. Or whatever, I gotta do this assignment. Okay, I'm gonna do eight minutes and I'm gonna I'm gonna play Tropical Hawaiian Day once. And so like it was my treat, you know, like if I do this mm. then I'm gonna go play my ukulele for a little bit and then I you know go back and forth. That's how I got through studying. Speaking hey. of uh, speaking of treats, uh, I know uh, we didn't touch on Jake at all. <laughs> Yeah. Of course were we supposed to do that or were we No 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 I mean we saving that for a different time or Yeah, yeah. 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 Oh. I mean, well, well, we can talk a little bit about him because uh, the other thing that I wanted to cover before before Roy yeah, has, to, has to head out was um, we have uh, the wildest sh- show in I town. I was just going to share that so, with so you. So let's talk about that a little sure. bit. We're doing that live. It's going to be full back to crowds and everything. And so we have a great lineup. This So please, please let us know about that. Well, what's, what's going to be happening is that um, on Wednesday, July 13th, at the uh, Wilder oh, Show in town. <laughs> He's going to talk specifically about but the whole thing. Talk about all of, all of them. All of them? Yeah. You mean from the beginning? Yeah. Well, well I mean, no. I mean, like, wh- who else is playing? The, uh, do we have one this? Well, here's yesterday. the thing. This, well, is the fir- this is the first. This is the first. You know, I, I did the Wilder Show in town for, I believe, 35 years. Wow. I, I emceed. And one of the reasons I did this, again, because it started off free. Okay. That's the reason I got involved. And for 20 years, I got a sponsor to do it free. But then they started charging $1, $2, and $3. And I understood times were changing. Mm-hmm. And But this year, they told me they were going a different route. They wanted to charge um, $15. So um, they, they moved on their own. They, they got a new MC. And it's fine because I'd rather do things that are or that you can bring your whole family, you know. Right, yeah. And, and But it's still going to be a great event. Uh, I think uh, Mauna Lua already played. That's right. And I think... Um, Who's tomorrow? Uh, tomorrow, uh, what's the date tomorrow? Tomorrow's the... Tomorrow will be the 6th. Okay. I, I think it's going to be... Uh, 
<laughs> I can't remember too. I, I know uh, Roby is going to be playing there. Mm -hmm. Nice. Uh, Amy Gilliam mm -hmm. and Makaha Sons. Mm -hmm. oh, wow, nice. So there's one other group I can't think of, but it's the July 13th that's going to be great because Pure Heart is <laughs> hey. going to be And we're, um, we're, our, our students from our studio are going to open up. Oh, yeah, cool. Yeah. So, uh, they, uh, Alan, uh, Yamamoto said, so Roy, how many kids are going to come? I said, um, 150. <laughs> <He> says, what? <laughs> I said, we'll make it work. We'll make is it that, work. Is that the number of students you have uh, complete? No. No, no, oh, no it is no. way more than that, no. yeah. How But, many students would you say you have? Um, honestly, yeah. this is the honest truth. Oh, yeah. From the day I started teaching till today, yeah. I have never counted It wasn't important to me. Oh, okay. All I wanted to do was teach, okay. you know. So, that, that, but that's all we can bring because that's all you can fit on stage <laughs> and around there. Yeah, yeah. 50, 50 per group, see? Yeah. And so the, the kids are excited. But some of the, I think some of the parents are more excited than the kids because they grew up with the music of pure heart. <laughs> yeah, of so course. They're, they're all raring to go. So, they're gonna, so the, the kids, kids are going to play like, with these guys? guys? No, we're going to open up. You're going to open. Well, and then no, but we are going to do a, yeah, a jam session. You can do one jam session. Yeah, we are going to nice. yes. jam it out with nice. the kids. And then around 6.30, we're going to give away a beautiful Kamaka concert ukulele. Oh, nice. That's probably almost $1,500. Yeah, Ooh. that is a prize. Oh, we're going to give that away. win that thing. Yeah. Okay. So, but you know what? Um, I haven't heard directly how they plan to give it away. Oh. But we'll see. You got to be that's, present to win, though. Yeah. Okay. I mean, it's, <laughs> yeah. you know, the way we used to do it, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Everybody would sign their name and we pull. Drawing, yeah. Yeah, but I, I think they're doing it different. So, you know, they're handling it. So, we'll just go there and entertain and have fun. Okay. Have awesome. fun with you. Well, folks. and okay, so while the show in town is happening tomorrow, Yes. Uh, uh, six o'clock over at the zoo. Yep. Right? Tickets yep. are $15, okay. and I believe for children five years old up to 12, it's $5, something okay. like that. And it all goes to benefit the zoo. It, it, it's going to yeah. benefit yeah, right. the um, okay. zoo. But I, I, I'm looking forward to that, you know. And so, so many great things are happening. The zoo, the workshop this coming Sunday, and of course, our ukulele festival. Um, on KHNL on Sunday, July, what do I say, 17th? 17th, yeah. Sorry, I said the 13th yeah. because I'm thinking of the zoo. You know. Okay, <laughs> okay. Uh, I know and we got time, so I'm, we're running out of time, so let me uh, let me finish this off. Ra, I'll ask you one more. Um, sorry. sorry, ask me. Okay. What? If you were stranded on a... Oh, I, don't music, ask, wait, wait, I don't get to ask my Jake question. Because oh. you, you guys know, like, you guys known him and he's taught him and you've known him for okay, a long time all right. but for just really quickly for for our audience because he is one of the the best yeah i mean he's one of the most famous people to come through the school right yeah so was there something about him that you saw did he have that same that same attack on the ukulele that you had in terms of i'm going to sit here and i'm going to play for like eight hours nine hours at a time just to get better um honestly um, when I saw Jake, when I first met him, um, I knew the I, I knew the mom well too, okay. and and she told me to please um, evaluate Jake, and um, <laughs> he was young that time, maybe yeah. 14 or something, okay. and I listened to him play, and he had a lot of passion and energy, 
But I, I wasn't teaching that privately at that time now. Mm -hmm. And he had a really good teacher, a teacher that made him smile. I mean, that's, that's one of the key ingredients. Mm. When you walk out of your lesson and you're smiling, that's great. Okay. And that's the philosophy of our studio. Okay. So I said, I told to Jake to um, stay with your teacher right now. Mm. Because, you know, and I'm glad. Because had he come with me, I would have taught him jazz. I would have taught him classical. I might have pulled him away from where he's gone into, mm. you know, mm. his style of playing. Oh. So it was a good decision to me. I believe that. And I remember him sitting down in my studio one day, and he was talking to me, and this is before I believe he recorded with Pure Heart. So he mm. asked me, Roy, can you give me any advice? And I remember telling him this. I said, always remember this. When you're playing a song or you're accompanying someone, you know, n never try to get in the way of the person that's the lead singer or whatever, right? Mm -hmm. No? And then also, genius, if genius you have advice. To, <laughs> it, no, if you, if, if you have to improvise, uh -huh. always your, 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 your focus is to play something better than the melody. Mm. Because a lot of times you're just going to play, yeah. No, mm -hmm. but you, you want to listen to the melody, and I, I try to teach students this. The first thing you do when you improvise is you have to have the melody in your head as you're improvising, so that you hear and you flow from that. And you, the easiest way is just add a few notes at the beginning, and slowly increase it so that it kind of builds up. You know. Mm. But, but you, you, you don't try to do too much at once. Cause you don't have to play many notes to so make an improvisation sound nice. Sometimes too many notes can mm -hmm. spoil it, right? Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. That's right. Hmm. So that, that's, that, that's, that's, that's what it's about. And Jake took it to heart. And when I watched him play, he said, oh, he's got it. He's got it. Wow. Mm -hmm. Well, I always liked playing with him because, um, yeah, as a lone singer, we, we, I'm the only singer in the band. His accompaniment is almost like having a background singer. Yeah, you know he plays right. melody lines, hooks in the back, that when I'm not singing can catch people, you know, exactly. and keep them in, in interested in the song. That's right. In those kind of I don't want to say dead spots because there's no dead spots, but um, no, that, I think well, what's nice is people don't realize that it's happening. Yeah, exactly. That's, right. The that's the genius of the it. genius yeah. of the way. That you yeah, you, you you're just listening and you enjoy. But see, if you just listen and you enjoy, mm -hmm. that's great. Mm -hmm. yeah. That's great, right. you know. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So, now, okay. now he gets okay, real quick. Sorry. We're, we're sorry. a music channel, so we have one music question that we ask. We've all been talking music this whole time. That's but true. Okay. That's true. <laughs> but yeah, I guess so. Uh, okay. If you were stranded on a desert island for the rest of eternity, could only take three albums with you to listen to for the rest of the time, what would those three albums be? Oh my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, okay. Number one. Uh, till today, you know, I believe this. Remember, I told you when I was a youngster, um, I, I rarely listened to music. Mm. Till today, I rarely listen to music. Mm. Oh, yeah. Unless I have to write a song, I'll go to them. Right, and and I think one of the reasons because oh, right, I ask you. Really oh yeah. <laughs> one, one of the reasons is because my my hearing is not good. Okay. You know, because I was born with a small right ear, so it's practically deaf. So I cannot understand the lyrics when they're mm. singing. So I guess that kind of made me disinterested in music. Oh, interesting. So 
Um, but I love instrumentals because now I'm just listening to the music. Oh. And you know what's interesting before I finish this is that what I really listen to, uh, um, if I was like if the once in a while there was a singer, I wasn't paying attention to the singer. I was listening to the whole rhythm section. Mm. That's oh, how okay. I learned all the rhythms of the world. I would listen and I, you hear the bossa nova. And I, I could kind of imitate the percussion section like that section. That's how I figured out all the rhythms mm. to play along, oh. you know, tang, whatever. So going to your question, to answer that, it will probably be three instrumental albums. That's fine. That's fine. And I think num number one would be uh, Otasan Sushi by, right. by number one. Uh, number two, I think, would be... Um, well, this is hard. There's so many. Uh, sons with Andre Pop when he recorded Song for Anna that I think sold 6 million copies in 1974. Number three, uh, if I have to really pick an album, uh, I love Herb Walter Jr. Uh, I love uh, Lyle Ritz. Number three, I will take a compilation of everyone. <laughs> All right, we'll, we'll take that. We'll take that. We'll take it. We'll take it. Great answer. Okay, I know. I know you have to go. Thank you so much for spending this time with us. Um, I was just so happy that you'd come in and hey, hang out with us. Actually, you know? I, I had a great time. You know, they said it was going to be very relaxing, and it, you, you were right. It was very relaxing, and you could just talk and have fun. Yeah, and just share anything. Make sure your wife listens at the ten minute mark, because then you say all this really nice stuff about her. About her. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Okay, well, so she's the rock with Gibraltar. That's right. Me. That's right. So for everybody else, we'll catch you next week. Thank you so much for tuning in. And uh, please check out the Ukulele Festival, the wildest show in town, the workshop, everything online. We'll post it in the description. Thank you so much. <laughs>